Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and happy Friday. This is Pass Shoot Score. I'm Anna Connolly, joined by Shukri Wrights and Johnny Lazarus. Johnny, I see you are a little under the weather and sipping on some coffee. Anything to do with the last uh, 72 hours? <laughs> yeah, my uh, my voice is shot. My internal clock is all fucked up. Uh, <laughs> my body is profusely sweating. And that could be because of the breakfast oh, taco, yeah. but uh, also because it's 100 degrees in New York today. And yeah, I'm all messed up. So uh, let's let's give this our best shot. Hey, we can give this our best shot. Now, Sugary, let's start with you. Let's get the, let's get the stuff out of the way. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Stanley Cup winner 2023. Uh, what'd you think of this series? And what'd you think of that final game? Shukri. Honestly, that the final game was just a accumulation of of like the, the season that it has been for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. If you told me that that the that the Vegas Golden Knights after they hired Bruce Cassidy uh, after he was fired from the Boston Bruins um, that he I wouldn't have believed you like at all I wouldn't have believed uh, that it was going to be uh, it was going to happen this quickly maybe in the first couple of years two three years sure but this quickly no um, I thought it was just a perfect storm and a perfect ingredients in terms of why the Vegas Golden Knights were able to fulfill uh, the prophecy of their owner in which that they said that he had years of existence and he was right and I think that Bruce and as well as a healthy Jack Eichel was really the, the perfect final touches for a team that had already had all, all they needed was just that little, that final um, chef Chef Emerald, um, bam, like type of type of add to the, to the pot, and, and that you have, and you have Bruce Cassidy and his intensity, and and I think Mark Stone really said it perfectly that he was the perfect coach that brought the perfect level of intensity to that locker room, and something that kind of, well, it was a little bit of a jab at the Boston Bruins where they they were whining and complaining about. Bruce Cassidy's a little too hard. But he goes to Vegas and he wins. The irony. So that was that really was a talking point for a good day and a half here in Boston. But as far as the Vegas Golden Knights are concerned, what a story. I mean, what a story for Aiden Hill. But what a story for the Golden Knights, for them to even be in a position that they were. Aiden Hill taking over halfway through the Stanley Cup playoff run and just taking them all the way onto the, onto the Stanley Cup title. And I mean, I can go on and on, but you got to start with um, Aiden Hill, the, the storyline, as well as like Bruce Cassidy, the storyline, and as well as Jack Eichel being healthy and being a um, a big factor in this team uh, winning the Stanley Cup. And you can't forget about Phil Kessel. Now he's now a three-time Stanley Cup winning player after being told that he'll never be a winning player when he was with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Go figure. Let me know how that's worked. But what a story, what a team, and what a run it's been for the Vegas uh, Golden Knights as we now get ready for summer 2023. Now, Johnny, 
take us through i just want you to like talk for the next 10 minutes pretty much <laughs> yes so take us through uh that final game from when you woke up what was that day like for you uh so it was okay what time did you wake up that's what i well, want <laughs> i woke up i woke up at like the day of the game yeah day of the game before well, everything happened so i woke up at 6 a.m uh wow specific time to work my nine to five job so <laughs> i was working remote until like 1 30 pacific time and then you know from my my day job i walked over to the rink and uh you know did our show stanley cup live which was an unbelievable show we had roberto luongo on emily kaplan um derek england we were supposed to have kevin Connolly and sean avery but they got stuck in traffic uh trying to think who else it's all i mean all the shows are kind of a blur but uh yeah did the show then went into the tnt suite again but this time got kicked out because they were cracking down security with it being an elimination game and uh you know the game happens and it's uh i don't know an old school pecker slapping i guess would be the the term to call it uh you know nine three win um you know once Vegas went up to nothing, I booked my flight back to New York. I was like, this thing's over. No way Florida comes back. Sure as shit, they score a goal in the next two minutes uh, to make it two to one to make it interesting. But Florida had no chance in this game once Matthew Kachuk was announced that he wasn't playing. Um, you know, I think everyone kind of figured that. Like all my group texts that, you know, are, are involved in sports betting were like, everyone pound Vegas. Kachuk's not playing. Kachuk's not playing. And, uh, you know, I'm sure anyone who bets on hockey ran to FanDuel or DraftKings or, you know, uh, bet online to, to place that bet because there's no way Vegas was losing that game on home ice. Um, but yeah, I mean, that whole night was absolutely wild. I, m- I met this guy, Robbie, who uh, works for Talger about in Vegas. So he like runs all the clubs like Hakkasan and, and Omnia and whatnot. So um, my good friend, Jeff, like put me in touch with him. So we were standing together for the game. And then, uh, you know, luckily for me, I had on ice access. So uh, after Vegas won, I got to go on the ice and, you know, I saw Robbie there again and I was like, where's this thing going? And he was like, just show up at Omnia at 1 a.m. and I'll take care of you, uh, which was sick. Get so oh, wow. wow, it was it was awesome. Um, For nobody that's was, been to Vegas also like that's probably the biggest club. In well, Vegas. I've never been so, there. So, John, you got to tell us the whole story. Like what happened at Omnia at 1 a.m.? Well, so I also told Robbie, I was like, listen, I might be the only guy on the planet who had more fun in Fort Lauderdale than Vegas. Like. You know, and, and his response was like, that's because you didn't have my number last time you were here. And he was like, All right, I'm, take, I'm taking care of this kid. Yeah, he's like, I'm taking care of this kid. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I'm on the ice. I actually, uh, you know, funny enough for me, I haven't seen my junior hockey coach, John LaFontaine, who's actually Pat's brother. Uh, I played for him for two years in Wichita Falls, Texas. And he like, honestly, you know, changed my life. He, he's a huge reason as to why I played Division One. And I haven't seen him in like eight years. I think the last time I spoke to him was like two years ago and I'm walking on the ice, like looking around and all of a sudden I like lock eyes with him. I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and uh, his daughter is married. Cool. Yeah. His daughter is married to Teddy Bluger. So we like had this like huge hug. Um, you know, I got to celebrate a little bit with them and Teddy, which is really cool. Teddy is the man got to yeah. hang out with him on the ice for a little bit. Um, you know, they kind of like welcomed me into their little party. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, just walking around on the ice, seeing all the families and, um, you know, just the way that they I, like, I honestly like I didn't know where the cup was. Like, I wasn't even concerned with the cup. Like it was more so just like talking to everyone and, and kind of just like 
seeing how everyone's reacting to this and whatnot and um ended up becoming really good friends with the uh empty netters guys uh dan and chris and then red is their uh producer or, or camera guy so i was hanging out with them for most of the time and they rolled with us to omnia as well as uh jazz and evan spore um evans with br open ice jazz is obviously a guy we talk about a lot on here with uh, jazz TNT. is our unofficial fourth member of past sheets oh yeah yes nice. <laughs> um so then we get into Omnia. Robbie hands me this like slip and goes, that'll save you a thousand dollars. And I was like, sick. Uh, so we're standing by the bar and we're there for like an hour. And I'm honestly, I'm pretty shot and the cup's not there yet. And I looked at Dan and Chris and I'm like, guys, like, are we sure this thing's coming? Like, like, yeah. should we stay? Like, I'm pretty gassed. Like I, I was honestly, you know, like shame on me. Cause I was almost looking for every excuse to like go home at this point. Like I was just, <laughs> well, you're tired. I mean, like, yeah. You've worked an entire <laughs> hockey season at this point, and then well, not even so that. Like, like the whole day, like I did my my job, and then I went yeah. to the game and did the show, and then did the post game show, did the on ice. Like this is like already a twenty hour day for me. Like I'm, wow. like, I'm pretty shot. But I was like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I was like looking for something to keep me going, you know. So Jazz is like, hang on. Jazz walks over to this table where Biz is, Murley, Whitney, uh, Kevin Connolly, Hank, all those guys are standing at this table. I see Jazz twirl on over, and two <laughs> seconds later, Biz looks at me and Dan Powers and goes, come here, boys. So we walk over to their table. We hop the couch, you know, fully blend in, and now the night is just saved. So <laughs> we are now, you know, this is now probably like 2 a.m. We're sitting there, you know, Biz hands us a drink, whatever, and we're like basically on the stage with Steve Aoki. Like, Steve Aoki's performing at Omnia. It is. Yeah, wow. it, it's just like, honestly, at the end of this, like, so I went on the Empty Netters podcast uh, two days ago, which is probably coming out today or whatever, and those guys are movie writers, and, like, they said, like, this is actually could be a movie of, like, you know, this team wins the Stanley Cup, and we have a guy who, like, wants to go home, like, three separate times, and, like, those three <laughs> times, something happens, something happens that saves the night. So now, yeah. so now, like, 20 minutes after sitting at the table with Biz, the Golden Knights show up with the cup. And I'm like, all right, here we fucking go. Like, it's happening now. Like, I'm I'm ready to go. Like, my my whole demeanor has changed. Like, I'm ready to stay out for another five hours. So, what at a, at what about time was this? Probably one thirty to two. Okay. Um, and granted, remember that I'm on East Coast hours. I'm an East Coaster, so this is Ooh, five. Yeah, so it's five a.m. for you. Yeah, this is five, <laughs> five a.m. for me. So, uh, cup shows up. Mark Stone, Aiden Hill, Petrangelo, Haig. They all make our their way to like our section, start lifting the cup up in front of everybody, in front of Steve Aoki. Like place goes nuts. Um, you know, that goes on for like an hour. Then after that, I'm like, all right, guys, I've seen it. Now I'm ready to <laughs> yeah, go. You need you to go. <laughs> yeah, now I'm ready to go. This is now probably 3 30 a.m. And Dan's like, <laughs> and Dan Dan Powers goes, dude, wait, I'm talking to Grinnell. He's coming. He's coming. Like we guys, because we're we're pretty close with Grinnell as well. So he's like, you gotta stay for mm -hmm. Grinnell. Um, and I was like, all right, I'll give it like fucking 20 minutes, you know? Um, so Grinnell shows up and he was like, we were like, dude, where were you? He goes, dude, I went home after the game and like I was changing to come out and I just passed out. Like I fell asleep and I was like, no way. Like, all right, like, I guess you're ready to go. So now we're going to be staying out with you for another three hours. Uh, so, you know, he comes in, he has his, you know, 30 minutes with the guys with the cup hanging out where we were. And then, the night, like the club's kind of winding down at like three thirty, so three thirty, we're all like, "All right, now let's go home." This was awesome. Night's <laughs> done. 
what a time as we're walking out of omnia this is where the night gets this is actually where so this is where the night gets like my my favorite part um because i'm not like a club guy at all like you couldn't catch me in omnia like on a typical night ever um, so as we're walking out of omnia sure as shit we run into jack eichel keen colasar nick Hague. and they're obviously wow. buckled like we, we're I, I would think we're like you know a little bit drunk but not like too you know messed up um these guys are like we're going to mcmullins we're going to mcmullins and we're like what the hell is mcmullins like you know so chris powers looks it up it's like two and a half miles off the strip yep but but chris is like we're going we're going and me and dan are like dude like like they're not going to show up there like like what could this place be you know so chris like motivates us enough like we've already made it this far we gotta just see this night through let's keep going so we take an Uber to McMullins, which is like in like a shopping center in like Bumblefuck Vegas, essentially. <laughs> like there's like nothing around. And we're like, oh, yeah. yeah. And we're like, are we sure we're in the right spot? And Chris is like, let's just wait it out. So we walk into this place. There's four people in there. Four. <laughs> You're like, and, are you kidding? And, and this is this is now four in the morning. So, oh my God. so. We sit down at the bar. Uh, we look around and we're like, "All right, like these, like I'm like these guys aren't coming." Like, yeah. I'll, and then, and I'm just like, "All right, let's." Uh, I think Chris might have said it actually. He's like, "All right, well, let's have one friend beer to finish up the night, and you know, we can we can hang our hats on that." Yeah. So we order one beer. First of all, I order the beer, and I was like, "Give me a cider, like something light." Like, yeah, like something tame. Yeah. So <laughs> so I look at this like red beer. And it's totally not a cider. It's like basically a Guinness. So I'm like, let's get let's get five of those. And after they pour the first one, everyone's like, no, no, we'll just make the rest Bud Lights. Yeah. <laughs> wow. They, they didn't want any of that. And I was like, fuck. Like, I guess I'll take this one. I ordered it. Like, um, all right. So we're sitting there having our friend beer. And 20 minutes later, we look over. We hear the door. And we look over. It's Eichel, his girlfriend, Colasar, two girls. Hague and like five other dudes and we're like all right here we go yeah so so now you know they come in they order beers they order food and now we're all just kind of like sitting at this counter together you know 4 30 in the morning um eating drinking just shooting the shit having a good time like I think Nick Hague was talking about like I knew it like I knew we were gonna win like just you know like like these, you know, they're having the time of their lives, and but they also yeah. like we're at this like crazy random bar. Bar, like, yeah, and it's like just people. them. Yeah, twenty <laughs> people. Um, so you know, yeah. we're we're obviously like letting them do their thing. Like the five of us are kind of like on our own at the bar, and then yeah. you know, like half an hour, forty five minutes goes by. Colasar actually and Hague had left. We talked to Hague for a little bit, but Colasar was with people. Those two had left, so now it's just like the five of us: me, Grinnell, Dan, Chris Powers, and Red. And Eichel, his girlfriend, and their buddy. So eight of us at this bar. It's now 5 a.m. Jack's telling us all these stories, like, uh, you know, awesome. stuff I probably can't repeat. So, yeah, uh, no, you're good. But, like, good. you know, we got to ask him, like, full disclosure questions, like, off the record stuff. And he was, Too like, right you know, giving us everything. And his girlfriend was so sweet as well, as well as their friend. Like, you know, kind of just, like, felt like buddies, like, shooting the shit, you know. And now at this point, also, the sun is up. So, like... <laughs> you know and jack's got like a burger and fries in front of him that he's picking at um also 
you know, so as it's 5 a.m., so 8 a.m. back home, I FaceTime my dad. My dad's like getting up. My dad's getting up, getting ready to go to work. And I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, say hi to Jack. Flip the camera. You know, uh, which was super cool. And then, you know, obviously it gets to like 5.40, 6 a.m. And we're like, all right, boys, I think it's time to shut it down. Uh, so we, we took that. I don't know if you guys saw. We took that like pretty yeah, awesome selfie, selfie yeah. with like yeah. the 5.40 ta- uh, timestamp on it. And yeah. Jack, yeah. Obviously, you know, we all look pretty fucked up in it, but y'all look. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, your but, like, eyes that was my, that was my part. Like, like seeing the cup and seeing everything was fine, but just having like actual like shoot the shit kind of time with Jack after he won the Stanley Cup at like some random bar in Vegas is like what I'll always remember. Like that was that was super cool. And sorry if I talk too much, but um, that was pretty much like. Literally, like three times, I was like, "Guys, I'm ready to mail it in. Like, I'm I'm dead." Um, like, I, so I did a full 24 hours. Yeah, no, this was no, an amazing 100%. story. I, I fell asleep at at 6:45 a.m. So I was up yeah, at six, so, fell yeah. asleep at 6:45, which is <laughs> you know, which is back home nine to nine. And then, granted, I took a red eye flight that night and went straight to my office yesterday morning. So this was all like wow. one fucking crazy long ass day. I saw that photo you posted and, and, and being a native New Yorker, I'm going to take a wild stab and say that had to have been 14th Street Union Square yep. that you took. And I'm like, <laughs> that that clusterfuck of a station at rush yeah. hour. I'm like, good God. I'm like, I was laughing to myself. I'm like, man. If I was hungover, took a freaking red eye flight back to New York, and I had to ride the MTA, someone's <laughs> yep. getting decked. The moment well, I hear, yeah. uh, the moment I hear Showtime, Showtime, someone's getting fucking decked. Johnny, you can you understand exactly what that yeah. reference is, is to? <laughs> well, it's also like it's like four trains passed by, and no one got off, no one could get on. So I, I was yeah. also like, all mm-hmm. right, you know what? I just spent the last 14 days on a bender and I worked out once. I'm just going to walk home from the East Village. Yeah. Walked, I walked three miles over the Williamsburg Bridge <laughs> sweated oh my my, with, with my backpack on, sweated my ass off. And you know what? It felt great. And then I slept for 13 hours last night. Good. Okay, yeah. good. So last night was your first full night of sleep. Yeah. yeah. Did, it, did this morning waking up, did, did the reality set in more so like, holy shit what was this week what was this past 14 days i mean it had to be a little bit surreal and pinch me moments right yeah i mean there there is so many different uh things that i think back on and i'm like i mean i don't want to like weird brag like brat i don't know like uh, you can, okay shut up you can yeah. weird brag don't no worry. like but it's not bragging talk it's about like, it man yeah. Yeah, like it's not I, bragging. It's just like yeah, I talk about it. I think, I think what I'll take away most, and what's still like setting in to me, what's like the coolest thing about this now is like, there were guys that or, or people in general that I, you know, grew up watching on TV that like introduced themselves to me, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. like I was standing on the glass, like getting ready to go on the ice, and Mike Rupp walked up to me and tapped me on the shoulder. And was like, "Hey, I, I want to introduce myself, Johnny. I'm I'm Mike." And I'm like, "Dude, I know who you are. Like, I've, I, you're the man. <laughs> like, you are the man. Like, I grew, you know." Um, and that was like, I still am, am trying to like I, I like I'll never put that together, um, which is <laughs> which is really cool. But like, I, I think having people, I, I think you know, for me, what what really is a uh, the cool thing is like, you know, to, to, to get on like a deeper level, I guess I'll, I'll open up a little bit and be vulnerable. Like yeah. a year ago, I was living at home with my parents, podcasting out of my mom's bedroom. And 
you know, like never would have guessed I'd be at the Stanley Cup final. And then like, you know, my, my parents had a, we had a house fire last year in April, you know, lost all my shit. Uh, and the first thing that I got after the fire was a microphone. I was like, this is, this was like, I, I couldn't stop doing this, you know, like talking about hockey and, and, you know, the Rangers go on their run last year, which was like a huge distraction for me. Um, and like being able to build off of that and like turn that into this is like, I've, I, this is like the first time I've actually talked about it. And, and, and I still, I, I still somewhat haven't coped with that, which, uh, you know, is weird. Cause when you think about it, like, you know, how many times do you hear, like, if, if your house is burning down, what's, what would you grab? Like, what you know, like, yeah. like yeah. I, I didn't grab anything. Like we got to go into the house, like after whatever, like it wasn't like burned to the ground completely. Like I had to yeah. grab some stuff, um, like after the fact, but like when you really think about it, not, not, not that anyone can, you know, there's, I'm sure there's people that can relate, but like stuff is just stuff, you know, like, like I, I guess nothing really matters. That's like an object, but when you have something that you're passionate about that can like drive you, I think that just like is the biggest thing in life, right? Like, um, and the fact that this all like came to life to me is just like, you know, I can't believe it. And it's just, uh, I, I think the I guess the message is just like if you believe in yourself enough and you love something enough, like nothing can fucking stop you, you know. Um, and yeah, I fully I fully echo those same the same yeah. sentiments fully, and I appreciate you um, sharing that greatly, um, Johnny. Um, like because like and and this is also um, like somewhat of a of a disclosure part, but. Johnny, like we, you and I, we've spoken private before, and I've shared with you like bits and pieces of my own personal story. And in into, into in the short time that I've gotten to know you, and it's, I feel like we've only followed each other for like only what maybe a couple of months, if not a little longer than that. But it hasn't been that long. But in the short time that we've, I I do think it's amazing and it's stunning how we've like we how we've connected all three of us, but especially. Um, like yeah. me, uh, me, me, you and Johnny. Um, but especially on um, Johnny and I, like whether it be through here, and then I had no idea about the hockey news in terms of the opportunity. That opportunity came out of nowhere. It did. So, and I'm just and I'm saying that because I didn't I didn't have a house fire, but I told you this on in private, Johnny, and and, and it's the first time you're hearing this. But I was homeless at the end of 2021. So. At that point, the only thing that I had was um, was just the fact that I loved doing radio. I, and I had my broadcasting career on ESPN Plus hadn't even started yet at that point. So you talk about having the love and the passion for something. You're, you're like, you know what? I may be going through the worst of the worst right now. But that passion, that fire is going to carry. And it's so true. You just have to. Remember that when you're going through those mo those low moments and those low periods of time where it is going to change, it is going to get better. This is where you discover what is going to take to get over the top. And and I think Johnny, you couldn't put it any um, more beautifully than that. So like, no, seriously, salute to you, and I'm I'm fucking proud of you. Thank you. Um, and for 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 a lot of different reasons, and and Anna, of course, you dominating um sports media, coming to Kings on on Valley Sports West. That's something that is not to be overlooked, and that is to be saluted. I'm proud of you because because like I do think that women just need more opportunities in sports media, 
and I've been very vocal about minorities and women having more opportunities in sports media. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's something that I really just wanted to say that this season, although we have been working together for a short period of time, it's been, it's been, it's been absolutely unbelievable working with you guys, especially on this pod for real. No. And I gotta be honest. Uh, you know, it's kind of cool hearing this from you guys. It's actually really cool hearing this from you guys because, and I kind of told you guys, but I grew up in this business. Like my dad was a producer growing up. So I moved, I'm like one of those sports kids that moved every two years, but his job kind of in a nutshell was going around and launching the Fox Sports Regional Sports Networks. So I was born in Minnesota and my dad was a producer for the Minnesota Twins. My first game, my first, my first time traveling on a charter was when I was five months old. So when I say like, I have my head up my ass in this business, I genuinely mean it, you guys. Like, I've, you know, there was, by the time I was 10, I had been to every major sporting event. I had been down the sidelines. I had been on the ice. I, I had had all these experiences and I, I sit here and I'm so envious of people who get to genuinely like experience it and genuinely are like, get that, get that pinch me moment because it's like, holy shit, you get to sit at your hard work and you, and you get to sit and relish in your hard work and you get to sit there and be like, I could have never imagined myself, you know, 10 years old where I'm at right now. So applaud your guys, like applaud it for you guys. And again, like personally, I am so jealous and it almost like, I know I met you guys, what, a couple months ago, but it almost makes me emotional. I'm also really sappy. I like cry at everything, <laughs> but it makes me so emotional it's okay. because it's like, <laughs> it's cool, you know? And like, it, it especially as somebody who grew, grew up in it, like seeing that genuine, just like holy shit like it's so cool and it reminds personally it reminds me like this is why i'm working in sports because it is the most authentic like you know call it what it is it's entertainment it's a reality you know tv series but it's the most authentic in the sense that like everyone working around it everyone that's involved in it it's continual pinch me moments it's continual like holy shit i can't believe i'm here moments so I think adding the the gravity of both of your guys's life experiences, Shukri, what you just said, being homeless at the end of 2021, Johnny experiencing a house fire, that's fucking nuts, you guys. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm also like, I'm really into therapy, so just bear with me. But like, okay. really, like, feel your feelings, y'all. Like, y'all need to take your homework this week, Anna the therapist, your homework this week is to like, really sit in that and like understand the gravity of what y'all just did because that's fucking so cool you guys like this is amazing yeah. well that so, was like literally the first time i've done it <laughs> um, yeah exactly like, like <laughs> yeah that's like, and, that's, like, and that's dope yeah that's so cool like that's what i mean and i'll 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 be the first to say this i've never been on the ice with people celebrating and i think like hockey is one of those sports too where it's like maybe it's it's because, you know, like we followed it growing up, but it, regardless of whether you've played it, whether you've been in the sport or not, like it's the most emotional sport to me because you just, it's, I don't know. And I'm not like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say it because I work in sports, but there are other sports that I just find kind of like, ah, you know, like going through the motion, but like hockey, you got to pour your emotions out. You've got to be emotional playing it. You have to put your body on the line. And especially with the Stanley cup, I mean, it's such a, I mean, it's the best trophy in all of sports. It has yeah. a red carpet. Mm -hmm. It has the theme music that comes out. I mean, you can't make it up. So I feel like it adds that much more emotional 
you know, gravity to the situation because you're sitting there on the ice and you're like, holy shit. So I don't know how you didn't get emotional sitting on the ice, Johnny, because that's, I would have been a wreck. <laughs> I would have been sorry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of like is just hitting me, you know? Um, mm-hmm. The last, you know, the la- it, it was, well, it was party mode. You know, I'm in Las Vegas. Like, I <laughs> if I was in Winnipeg, I would have been a little more, a little more sappy. You're on the ice, and you're like, I gotta find Mr. Tao. That's that's yeah. the thing that's yeah. not <laughs> my phone battery's at like 20. percent I gotta charge this thing up because I'm gonna be out for the next six hours. Uh, that was that was all. Like I was everyone else about. is winning the Stanley Cup. Johnny's like, anybody got a phone charger? Like, anybody? Yeah, I didn't give a shit about the cup. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, there's like not much else yeah. to say. What's yours? Yeah, I guess because this is, I'd assume this is the last episode of this season at least because we started this in playoffs. What's your guys' biggest kind of takeaway moment from this playoff series that'll be the most memorable for y'all? Shukri, you go first. Johnny, well, you had a bunch, so <laughs> we'll give you time to think. Uh, it's not a dread. Oh man, but it's more like damn and a damn. Not not even give us. You give us no time. No. No, yeah, no way of playing. Like, have I a moment. Normally, to just... normally, I email out. We'll email out a rundown. Y'all didn't get shit today because I want exactly. Emotion, that's, so I'm not. I'm not even mad at it. That's the, that's where the best shows happen when it's exactly. when it's not planned a hundred percent. Like, there's still some structure, but when it's not completely planned. But to answer your exactly. question, um, my biggest takeaway from this entire player front, I don't want to limit it to just specifically the Seneca final. But seeing what hockey means to the smaller markets in the NHL, that's my biggest takeaway because we are so wrapped up in terms of like knowing what hockey means um, to, to millions of hockey fans, of course, obviously in Canada and the United States. And, um, and Johnny, you have you being the um, the writer and reporter for the New York Rangers for the Hockey News, myself being a writer and reporter for the Boston for the Hockey News, both original six franchises with very mm-hmm. deep um, tradition history and as well as like the fan bases and the, and the markets that we cover it in. I think it says something in terms of when you see markets like Florida, like I'm going to say Miami, the Miami metro area, although they play in Sunrise, that is the Miami metro area, um, Las Vegas, Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, um, Dallas is a major market. Um, but uh, but specifically those the three out of the four I just mentioned, um, I think seeing how much like hockey truly matters in those markets really gave me an even deeper and greater understanding. And, and as well as I'm gonna include Seattle as well, because Seattle really showed out, really showed out during during their um, first playoff run as well. But it goes to show you just how much hockey really means to these fans. And when you put a product on the ice where that the team is competitive, they're not only going to show up, but they're definitely going to show out. And I thought it was just really remarkable to see why hockey will grow, especially in Seattle and the Pacific Northwest. It will continue to grow in these smaller, non-traditional hockey markets in that regard. I'm using that term very loosely. No, I, I think that's, you know, if anything, the game grew a lot this year. Um, yeah. You know, I think just to, to piggyback off that. But, um, you know, I, I'd also say, uh, you know, biggest takeaway 
would be how great it is like what we're doing i guess um yeah. and how i think we need more younger people talking hockey um mm -hmm. you know i saw that dana white clip go viral yesterday i don't know if you guys saw that i um, haven't yeah but i'll check it out he's talking about like how there's no one young promoting hockey and and whatnot and um mm -hmm. you know i think the the more you know younger people that can show their love and and uh, passion for the game and talk about it and you know talk about it on a you know pretty informal level um you know i think that can go such a long way and uh you know i, I think like being around a lot of the media the last like two weeks you know they've always they, they you know came out to me and were like you know it's great to have a young fresh voice like in the game yeah. and like you know the more people that can do that i think the better yeah. um because that's what's going to get this sport growing right like younger people talking about it knowing it uh celebrating it um you know i think that's uh a takeaway for me as well is like uh you know if you're young and you love hockey and you want to do this for a living like start now you know absolutely uh yeah i i think just um you know, the, the more fresh people we have in this game, the better. And that's how we all got it to grow. Right. So I think that's my biggest takeaway. And, and, and I, I want to pick, you said, I want to pick up, piggyback off of um, Johnny's point. Cause I thought that was really poignant. Um, so, and I'm saying this to the audience, to those that don't know, like my story, I would say, and I do strongly believe this is the truth. I'm not where I am now with all that I've been blessed with without me creating content starting in the spring of 2021, I'm dead serious. And it goes back to yeah. two years when I retweeted this, I think it was earlier this calendar year that when I started making videos, you know, trying to hump, pump up Bruin fans, you know, get ready for the static of places really right coming out of the lock, not just the lockdown, but coming out of um, the COVID-19 restrictions and so forth, you know, making videos, you know, as the Bruins are getting ready to play the New York Islanders and so forth. If I didn't start doing that and using that as a way to catapult myself in terms of getting myself out there in terms of creating content, I don't think I have the uh, broadcasting opportunities that I've had with ESPN, doing games, college games on ESPN Plus, the, the hockey news, even believe. I would even believe itself. So I would tell people that are trying to get into the industry, that are trying to get into this business and try to get into like becoming hockey hell there aren't there aren't many african americans or even Af black canadians that are doing yeah. what we do and i say that to encourage people if you have a smartphone in 2023 you truly have no excuse it's not impossible just pick up the phone start recording that's it literally that's it and then post on tiktok or instagram hell even twitter because that's really where i built my name on Twitter, Twitter. So I would tell I would tell people like, that's how you do it, and you and it takes time, but and be patient, be consistent with it, and yeah, absolutely. And, and Johnny is uh, spot on. There's never been a better time to um, to do it than now, especially with social media, especially in the age of smartphone. There is no excuse. The world is literally at your at your fingertips. Get into it. Final thought. Final thought of the season. Um, as you guys were saying, gonna piggyback off of it. Way to go. Everyone works really fucking hard. Sometimes working in this business, it looks easy because we get to sit here and we just get to talk about sports. It's not. You have to put yourself out there. You have to hustle. You have to just be shameless sometimes and just really, really, really put your uh, confidence out there to be judged. So bravo to you guys. 
excellent fucking job covering both of your teams. And I'm so excited to see what's in store for both of you guys in next season. Don't be a stranger. Get some off <laughs> off time this this summer. Hopefully take some vacations or something. Y'all deserve it. I know we all work other jobs other than doing this stuff, even though this stuff is so time consuming. So well fucking done to both of you. Uh, for Johnny Lazarus and Shukri Wrights, I'm Anna Connolly. Thanks for joining us on Pass, Shoot, and Score. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.